Hi, this is Scott. Thanks for listening. And thanks for giving me a moment at the top of the show to talk about my partner, Jeff. As I'm sure you already know, he's a smart, funny, opinionated pain in the ass with a deep and abiding love for at least half of the seven lively arts. But let me tell you about the Jeff I know. He's also sincerely kind and caring. My wife, Mary, developed health problems a few years ago, and whenever we talk, the first thing he always asks is, how's Mary doing? Basically, he's Mr. Rogers with an incredible potty mouth. He's also a loyal and supportive friend who never fails to cheer on your successes or commiserate over setbacks and goes out of his way to promote the work of people he likes and admires. In fact, one of the first long conversations we had occurred when he invited me on the old Mike and Ike podcast to promote my book, the title of which I will not mention because this is not a commercial. We don't care if you use ZipRecruiter or Cash App or Vivid Seats. And what goes on between you and Squarespace is entirely your business. I refuse to get in the middle of it. But I do want to ask something of you because, okay, it's kind of a commercial. It's been a while since we've done a show, since Jeff's been going through serious health issues of his own. Last month, he lost a couple of non-trivial internal organs to cancer. And in a few weeks, he'll be starting chemotherapy. So he hasn't been able to work for a while and won't be for quite a while longer. So we're trying to raise some money to keep him going. If you can contribute anything, please go to theslumgullion.com and follow the link to our GoFundMe page. Please help Jeff not die. And if now is a bad time, as it is for many people, then can I ask you to help spread the word by posting the link on your social media? Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening. And may better days be lurking just over the horizon for everyone. Season three, season three, banana. Somehow it's season three, banana. Jeff and Scott and Mrs. C with Blanche and John, the crew with new movie. It's so much fun that you'll have, have to pee. pee. It's gonna cure your apathy and, and on we. It's the slum gullion. We're still booking ghosts on the slum gullion. You're not getting ghosts on the slum gullion. Should probably fade on the Slumgullion. And welcome to the Slumgullion, America's only podcast. I am half of your host, Scott. The other half of your host, who is slightly less than a full 50%. I was going to say, after the surgery, now I'm probably maybe three, maybe two-thirds. Okay, just don't say three-fifths, because that opens up a whole constitutional can of worms. Yeah, we, we don't want that. No, 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 no. Anyway, so... Jeff has risen from the near dead to talk to you fine folks and also me. I think I'll go for a walk. (laughs) About some of the stuff that's new, because there actually is new stuff. And not accidentally, the new stuff is animation, because animation, unlike live action, is still cranking away. A lot of shows are still making episodes. People are just doing it from home. And it's a lot easier than trying to jam a Q-tip up your star's nose all the time. We're going to talk about the DC Universe animated show Harley Quinn and the Star Trek animated show, which I don't know, is this the first animated show since the Saturday morning show in the 70s? Okay. Yep, yep. Then the groundbreaking new foray into animation, Star Trek Lower Depths. Decks. Decks. What did I say? Lower Depths? <laughs> Lower Depths. This is, a, this, is not, this is not a Star Trek Cthulhu crossover. Or, or Dostoevsky adaptation. So, oh, with, Lord. With, so let's talk about Harley Quinn first, because that one has been on for a while. Two seasons, I believe, and I think it got a... Didn't get a pickup for season three? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Third season has definitely has been approved. Well, that's great because uh, I'm not at all convinced that DC Universe isn't going to get canceled. Oh, DC Universe is done. Oh, is it? 
oh, it's now, I think it's only going to be the, um, the repository of DC Comics. All of the DC Universe shows are going over to HBO Max. Uh, oh, well, maybe I'll finally get around to watching uh, Teen Titans or whatever it's called. No, the one you want to watch is Swamp Thing. Really? I absolutely loved Swamp Thing. It's one of those that it really should have gotten a second season because, I mean, it was good from the beginning, but it was just, it was getting there. It was it was good TV horror. It was Swamp Thing done right. My standards are high. I basically read Swamp Thing only during the, the Alan Moore run, so... No, no, trust me. This is Swamp Thing done right. Okay. But it was canceled. When, like They put up the first episode and said, oh, by the way, we're canceling it. Yep, yep, which is why a lot of people didn't watch it. They didn't bother. And, you know, and really, they're really, they're, they're, it's a shame that there wasn't a point because, I mean, they did some damn good work. They did, you know, they, um, they, they, they are honoring the Alan Moore run. Mm. Did they ever have Constantine make an appearance? Uh, no, but it was thought of. Hmm. They were pretty sure that if they had gotten a season two, they were pretty sure they were going to get Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, he's done a good job playing that character for years now, considering his show was canceled years ago. And yet he's still playing it on other shows and in cartoons. It's it's pretty freaking awesome. All right. So this was a bit of a surprise for me. I went into it knowing very little other than I assumed the character Harley Quinn would appear in it. Contrary to my usual modus, I did not do any research before sitting down to watch this thing. I didn't even look up the cast to see who's playing who. Although... Five seconds in, it's obvious that Alan Tudyk was playing the Joker. And I had heard that Kaylee Cuoco was playing Harley Quinn, who I didn't really know anything about because I've only seen her in The Big Bang Theory. But her performance was kind of a revelation. I had no idea she could do comedy. Countdown to angry Big Bang nerds, lighten up my email. So I really didn't know what to expect other than it's a superhero-adjacent cartoon about a villainous henchwoman turned anti-hero, perhaps more anti than hero. I really didn't know what their take was going to be. So imagine my pants-wetting joy when I switched it on, and this is basically the first thing I heard. Gentlemen, my fellow whites, let's raise a glass to this pyramid of money, the foundation of which was built upon our favorite pastime. Fucking the poor! <laughs> Party's over, you pieces of shit! This is my money now, so back the fuck off! Ah, I thought to myself, well now, this is not Batman the Animated Series, is it? This is more like Harley Quinn is done by Robert Crumb. <laughs> it, it was eye-popping, got your attention. I, I can't decide, though, if she really thinks that Batman fucks bats, or if she just keeps saying it all the time, simply to annoy him. Sadly, that is one plot thread that is not resolved by the end of season two. Damn it. Well, let's go to the audio tape. Here's a scene where Batman has brought a handcuffed Harley Quinn to the rooftop of the Gotham City Police Department to meet a clearly agitated Jim Gordon. Where's the Joker? I'll never give up my pudding. Why are you protecting a psychotic clown who treats you like garbage? Ask the guy who fucks bats. He doesn't do that! Jim. Sorry. See, I hate when they do that. They get you hooked on something and then they just drop it. No more loose ends, Harley Quinn. Let's nail this bat-fucking thing down for once. Because now you've only seen how many episodes? Two. 
Okay, all right. You've seen two episodes. I have watched the entire show up to date, and um, I will I, I will say it is one of my favorite television shows, period, right now. I can see that. It's got wild, senseless Sam Peckinpah by way of Monty Python violence. It's got a lot of meta jokes and Easter eggs. And what I think is going to be a satisfying approach to the Harley-Poison-Ivy relationship. I don't know that for sure, but that's just the impression I'm getting. It's um, it gets interesting. It, there are definitely arcs, many, many, many arcs over the two seasons. Okay, I'd like to think they'll treat a same-sex attraction between two women the same way they treat any other ship or bait on the show. But DC and Marvel too have a history of hinting that certain characters are not hetero, sometimes even promising a bit of LGBTQ representation. Then they chicken out. They always chicken out and say, well, you know, it's a comic book. It's a cartoon. Think of the children. To which I say, in this case, so you're concerned about the moral implications of depicting two women in a loving relationship on a show that features... The guy who fucks bats. I will say, this is all I'm going to say, as I will say I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by where things went by the end of season two. Okay. And I will leave it there. But the one thing that I will say, you have not experienced the true brilliance of this. But without saying too much, I need to give a huge, 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 huge shout out to uh, Christopher Maloney, who is uh, doing the voice of James Gordon. This is a new James Gordon. It is. It's not a new Christopher Maloney because he's an unshaven, roomy-eyed, very jumpy man who looks like he's going to go utterly violent at any moment. And uh, that's the Christopher Maloney I know, the dirty, violent cop from, uh, uh, what is it, Law & Order SVU? Yes, yes. But also the deliriously demented, hallucinating detective in Happy, which I thought was perhaps his best performance. Happy, such a uh, that show that show made me happy. But yeah, Christopher Maloney is freaking nailing Gordon. Um, there is an episode that you have not seen yet that is very Gordon centric. That is in concept and in practice one of the most Gonzo episodes of Batman I think I've ever seen. I mean, we're talking, we're talking. This is Silver Age level of wackiness. Only only with modern sensibilities, and it's a beautiful thing. Okay, so when you say Gonzo, you mean more—you <laughs> mean more racing check covered '60s DC goofiness rather than uh, like Goatsy. Yes. Okay, good. But speaking <laughs> of Silver Age, they got <laughs> in this very second episode. I think they introduced Kite Man. Yep. Who is my favorite useless character? I, I just I cannot get over how much I love Kite Man, and so far I'm enjoying what they're doing with him. Well, this will I will I will tell you this much to make you happy. Um, Kite Man is in both seasons. <gasps> really, I thought it was a one-off joke. Maybe. Oh no no no! Kite Man becomes a regular character. When you say modern sensibility, this this, this is what <laughs> I love. This is what I love is when they take characters that are completely problematic for the modern reader or viewer and any sensible producer go, yeah, we're not going to use Kite Man, but instead foreground him, squeeze all the juice out of him you can. And and you will appreciate this now, I am sure there is an episode coming up soon involving Kite Man's nemesis, Condiment King. (laughs) Well, I didn't even know Kite Man rated a nemesis, but if... Somebody was going to be slotted into that role, a guy who squirts hot mustard in your eye, 
seems like a good candidate. And I love the fact that Condiment King is an actual DC character, too. Yeah, DC had some of the best, worst villains ever. That was reflective of how bad their heroes could be. I mean, it takes a terrible villain to inspire a hero, a, a generally decent, popular hero, to sink to the level of something like uh, super friction or super ventriloquism, super landscaping or super knitting. But I remember I the seeing the panel for super knitting. So it's, that is an actual thing. Scott is not joking. Super knitting was a thing. And really anything. I mean, the, the great thing about super is it's a superlative modifier. I mean, Superman could whip out super babysitting. He could whip out super accounting. In fact, he's probably used super accounting. That sounds like a, an actual stupid Superman power. But um, yeah, the fact that there were so many, and Batman too, pulled some really egregious shit in the Silver Age. It was largely because their villains were goofy. And I think the DC villains were goofy because they were trying to make lightning strike twice. They were going, oh, well, we've got the Joker, the clown prince of crime. So what other people dressed up in embarrassing outfits can we use to make nah. Gotham City? For my part, I'm glad that trend kind of died out before they got to uh, Hooters Man or the UPS guy. That'll strike fear. His name is just Ups. Ups. Ups yours. That's his catchphrase. It's funny to me that DC... Well, it's not. Let me rephrase that. It is typical of the modern media market that DC is putting out some pretty amazing product. Zack Snyder's movies aside... Oh, but we're going to be getting the his full 12-hour cut of Justice League, and it's going to be the greatest thing that has ever been put on screen ever in the history of history, period. Yeah, that, that'll make it all better. Yeah. The, I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to cure corona. I think it's it's not going to cure corona. It's going to reconcile you to corona. Because I think after sitting through all 12 hours of that, you go, you know, death, where is thy sting? No, I think it's going to be like Halloween 3. Instead of getting bugs in your head, you get corona-free. Mm -hmm. But really, what do I know? Perhaps this will sweep the nation. Maybe a 12-hour Snyder Cut is exactly what America needs to heal from the coronavirus. I have a feeling, my heart of hearts, that if it comes out in 2021 and there are other entertainment options by then, maybe movie theaters have reopened, people can go to bars or restaurants, that a 12-hour Snyder Cut is not going to become the next big thing. But uh, I'm pretty certain that the DC fanboys will be, um, you know, shooting geek goo from their happy hoses. And why not? More power to them. More semen to them. Enjoy. I do not want to rain on anyone's parade. Although I have made sort of a career of doing that. <sighs> so there will be no arguing with them. And I do not I do not propose to argue with them. I do not get online anymore. I learned my lesson years ago. I do not debate people because there's no point in arguing taste. It's fundamentally disrespectful to people. In fact, I once said to my friend Laura, there is no such thing as taste. There's just stuff you like. If you Ooh. don't like... Ah, uh, yeah, very fair. Well, this is the tragedy of DC Universe Online. And, and by tragedy, I mean not even remotely a tragedy. I mean, it's not a mine cave-in. But they've been producing some remarkable content using their characters and broadcasting it over a sort of sad ramshackle excuse for a streaming service that I don't know was ever intended to be a long-term solution. I, I feel like s there's so many of these things, and consolidation is inevitable. I feel like some of them were just auditioning to be bought by a larger and, and more credible purveyor of, of content. 
But it's sad that so much of this stuff is going unseen. It reminds me a little bit of the indie film scene from the early 2000s. There's a lot of good stuff being done, a lot of really fine movies and tremendous performances and some really smart scripts that I saw. And the movies themselves were seen by maybe eight people at a film festival in Banff, Canada, who just wanted to get in out of the sleet. So I hope that the talk about DC licensing its characters to third parties isn't entirely true because I think that would just fracture things. And we get a situation similar to the 20th Century Fox Marvel Universe versus the Marvel Universe, Marvel Universe, and then now the Disney Marvel Universe. But once they are bought out, if they are, and offered to a wider audience, things like Harley Quinn are probably not going to happen. It just seems unlikely that most streaming services would lead with, let's drink to fucking the poor, my fellow whites. I mean, that's a little edgy. So uh, I'm going to miss that kind of, we have nothing to lose bravado. Like you say, the stuff they actually produced under that rubric is going to be on other somewhat sturdier streaming services. Well, as soon as, as soon as DC announced all those layoffs a week or so ago, I was like, yeah, HBO Max is done. Or I mean, the DC universe is done. So it, yeah, it didn't surprise me at all that the stuff was going over at HBO Max. Well, that was DC's, I think, last-ditch effort to monetize their own content and maintain control. Carve out its own little fiefdom where it can continue to do what it did, make comics, make TV shows, make movies and inspire Funko Pops, all that stuff. But there is no independence under AT&T. So I just hope that they don't, and I don't think they will, but I just hope they don't crush the comics company. I, I don't mind if companies diversify and then those all get sold off as long as the, the core business, their original excuse for existing remains intact. The, right. The comics, that's all I care about because there will still be adaptations of all of those people will still be making tv shows and movies and funko pop figures out of all that because what else is our culture right now other than exploitation of comic book ip speaking of that did you hear that um we uh, were getting a new batman tv series what well it's not going to be about batman it is going to be <laughs> set in the, it's going to be set in the same universe as uh, matt reeves's batman trilogy and it's going to be about gotham city uh, police department haven't we seen this a thousand times what the hell was gotham about well yes i completely agree with you on that but now it's matt reeves batman so it's a different thing okay first of all calling it matt reeves trilogy is really optimistic given the fact that they haven't managed to make the one movie yet very true and secondly i don't give a crap about his universe yet i haven't seen it perhaps it's great i have a feeling it's going to be more of what we've seen all these years but i am tired of batman properties where batman is just a logo he's not a character he's just a brand name they're all exploiting it's boring to me just make a batman series but I realize that as long as they make movies that make money, they're not going to make a TV show about Batman. So pick another character. Can we do that? I mean, the CW Arrowverse shows do fine. Well, we have Batwoman. Yeah, what the hell happened with that? All I know is the second season has a new Batwoman. Yeah. So that generally never works well for a show. And usually that's the sort of thing that happens in like the fifth season of a show. Rarely does it happen after the first season, although it did happen with Babylon 5, but that was a special case. There was there was severe mental illness involved there. Usually it's a case of the male lead getting some bad advice from his management and believing his own press and going off to have a movie career that doesn't work out. Not that I'm looking at you, David Caruso. 
or the female lead gets pregnant and they just can't hide it so they bring in two other characters to understudy the leads not that i'm looking at you x-files but you're looking at (laughs) x-files i'm looking i'm giving x-files a hard look but anyway this was a very long way of getting around to the fact that harley quinn is a good show I don't know if we've established that yet. I feel like we should. <laughs> no, I, I, like I said, he's watched, he's watched two episodes, and I'm going to assume you're going to watch the rest of them. So far, I am very hooked on this thing. I laughed my ass off through both episodes, and I have to say that it's, it's a good use of the animated medium, because even when they're depicted in live action, Harley and the Joker, for that matter, are always cartoon characters. And you could not possibly do the same level of grand guignol violence in a live action show as they get away with in this cartoon. Oh, like, no. The, the, just the number of compound fractures in the first 90 seconds of the pilot episode was, I think, probably record-setting. And, and maybe just not for cartoons. Just in general, yes. I'm, I, 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 I'm pretty sure you're right on that. All right. Well, I don't want to tire you out, so let's move on to Star Trek. And this was something that was greeted with a, a to me, astonishing level of butthurt from the fanboys. And apparently, even though some people like it, there was still some butthurt. I don't get that. Are we not allowed to laugh at Star Trek? Because I'm way out of step, if that's the case. I've been doing it since the early 70s. (laughs) I saw Spock's brain at a very formative age. That would explain a lot. So do you know what people were butthurt about other than the fact that it was just it it was an insult to to this glorious franchise? That's basically what they're saying. It's like it's not funny. Uh, It's not funny at all. It is a slap in the face of Star Trek. Of course, these are the same people who were constantly talking about the evils of Kathleen Kennedy and how Star Wars hates its fandom since Disney bought it. It's the same people. You know, guys, just pick an obsession. Stay in your lane. Oh, no, 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 no. These people must piss on everything. Yeah, but I just thought I just thought the Star Trek people and the Star Wars people would be more tribal. I didn't realize there was so much cross-fertilization. When it comes to hate. When it comes to hate. Ah, so that's the great unifying principle. Yes. We're all in this together, the hate. To hate that, yes, yes, okay. indeed. But anyway, yeah, but but no, that's that's it's 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 basically it's basically stupid butthurt. But then, I mean, you can't always say humor is subjective. So, I mean, people are saying it's not funny. You know, they're allowed to. But everything is subjective. I mean, the, I, when I think of the scope of differing opinions on Star Trek Discovery, there were people who thought it was the, the second coming of Christ, and yep. other people who thought it was the apocalypse. Yep, they were all watching the same show. So. That's the kind of realization that makes it much easier for me to accept constructive criticism when I'm writing because everyone has different opinions. Everyone likes different stuff. Everyone has their own blind spots. And as William Goldman said, nobody knows anything. And having having said and agreed amongst ourselves that nobody knows anything, let's continue giving our opinion. Star Trek Lower Decks is the greatest Star Trek series ever. (laughs) Star Trek Lower Decks was a complete insult. I cannot believe that they could... That they disgraced Gene Rodbury, the great bird of the galaxy's legacy in this horrifying manner. Boylan is better than Kirk. <laughs> well, you know what? That might, that one might be true. Okay, so I, I had a weird experience with this. So I watched it the first time, and I didn't love it. I didn't love the pilot. I thought, eh, it's okay. It's one of those things where I'll give it a chance, but I, I, I was not really enjoying it that much. And... 
then I saw the second episode and I go, okay, this is actually pretty funny. I'm actually starting to get into this. Then I went back and rewatched the pilot with Mary and we were both laughing through it. It's like stuff that kind of turned me off a little bit the first time. I actually did find amusing. So it may just be, it's hard to catch the vibe of the show because it is so very different, even though it right. is so very steeped in Star Trek lore. I mean, the sheer number of Easter eggs is exhausting, but it, it's made by people who know Star Trek. There's no question of that. It's made by people who know all of the things that people say on Tumblr and Twitter and the, the jokes people are making about Star Trek for years. Those get front-ended. But I did like the characters. I thought it was interesting that they took the wild card, reckless, heavy drinking, can't take anything serious, has some mysterious backstory character, and made her a woman rather than the default penis heifer. That is very true. Uh, she does not have a penis. Usually that that's not a character that goes to an actress, although kind of in Picard, Rafi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From Picard. Yeah. Rafi. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's got a little bit of that. You know, she's tough. She's cynical. She's she's always vaping and she's got a fucked up backstory. So maybe that's just the new Star Trek paradigm. The ladies get to be mysterious and cool for a while. Then they sort of ruin it at the end when you find out what her sort of what her story is. But there's enough that they're keeping close to the vest that I, I think it may play out interestingly. But I like the characters. I, I think the take on it has exactly the proper tone. And I thought that as soon as they cut to the credit sequence where you've got a very TNG-like anthem blaring yep. and, and the ship flying across the screen, but bumping into shit. I go, oh, this is, this is very Galaxy Quest. It knocks into asteroids. It almost gets sucked into a black hole. It shows up with some Romulans to, to fight the Borg. Fires off one shot and goes, ah, it's hard, and runs away. You know, okay, this is a different take. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see how long this show lasts. One season. You Call think it. one? I think one. I just, I think it's, you know what? Actually, I was prepared not to get attached to it because it just had the one season stink all over it. Not that it's bad, right. just that it's one of those things where they're not, the people upstairs don't understand it. The producers, the people who are basically in charge of the franchise, don't like it. And it's controversial with the fans. However, it's on CBS All Access, which really desperately needs to do two things. To revive the Star Trek franchise. And, and three, justify its own existence. Justify its own existence. And I just think that things are too uncertain right now with the difficulty of shooting any live action. I think animations is a safe default for people who want to make sure that at least that maybe we don't want to program this, but we still want to program something. So I think this might be an insurance policy and it might get a second season on that basis. If it was on a network, I could see it running for five years. It's just, why not? You know, it could be American dad. It could be, you know, maybe not squid billies, but uh, very, very few can be squid billies or should be. That's even more appropriate. Yes. Uh, I tried Squid Billies. I did. I wanted to get it. I didn't get it. So maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> but although, you know what? They may actually, we may actually see some more things shooting in the Mandalorian manner. Very true. Very true. Well, supposedly The Witcher is going back into production soon. Where do they shoot that? Do you know? Uh, I want to say Prague. That would make sense, I guess. I'm sure there is some uh, somewhere in Fornlandia. Ah, that place. 
Yeah, I'm not yes, welcome. yes, yes. I'm not welcome there. I wonder if a lot of shows that are adventuresome in that manner might decamp to uh, New Zealand since they're pretty COVID free. And hey, you know, it worked out for Xena. I was going to say, yeah, how long did Xena last? I mean, both that and Hercules. Seems like it lasted perhaps Hercules maybe longer than it should have with Xena. Good long time. Xena was a uh, Xena was a fun show. Stupid as all hell, but you know what? Harmlessly stupid. Not stupid the way 24 was, which was just evil and stupid. <laughs> but but it was it was 24 hours and events happened in real time. Yeah, cuz you can totally get from Union Station to Saugus by car in 20 minutes. Well, you can if you're Jack Bauer. You can if you're Jack Bauer and somebody loads you into a cannon and shoots you well, over the five was, freeway. You see, well, that was the thing. I mean, 24 existed in a in a, in a weird science fiction realm. Uh, I don't mind that. You know, I would have given all that aside if they didn't. If one of the little science fiction shortcuts they didn't use was torture works. Well, there is that. Yes, but but it does. If you're Jack Bauer, apparently. Well, he is the all-being master of time, space, yes. and dimension, which explains how he can get places so fast. What, that's what I did like about the show. It implied that in the 90s, Doctor Who showed up and went bad. I, I like to think of it as a lost Doctor Who series. Oh, good Lord. That's, that, that, that's scary. That's how he can go from one time to another, one time zone, one city to another, all within this 24-hour. So Jack Bauer was the war doctor. Uh, he was more, no, because he didn't really make war he just tortured and bullied people he was the bully doctor the bully doctor okay <laughs> he was he's the, he was the mysterious one between tom baker and peter davison yeah it turned out it was uh, biff from back to the future and that's why peter davison was so uh nice jack bauer was the worst doctor who i'm gonna say it and it is going to be my catchphrase from now on i accept that both your catchphrase and that Jack Bauer is the worst doctor. Certainly the most violent doctor. Yeah, really. Although I don't know. I heard William Hartnell could cut a bitch. Oh, I wouldn't get within arm's reach of that bastard. Oh, good lordy, lordy, lordy. And on that note, I think we are going to say goodbye. Time Dick is a knockin'. But before he does, I have something I want to say. Listen, I want to thank everybody for everything that they've done over the last month or so for me. Um, it's been rough. It has been really, really, really rough. I mean, I went from thinking that I had a urinary tract infection to finding out that I had highly aggressive cancer, and if I didn't have the surgery, I was going to die. So I, it was, it was, it, it's been, it's been bad. And um, everybody that has helped, that, you know, just talking to me financially, all of you, it, it, it has meant a lot it's 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 kept me going through this and again i just i just i just i wanted to thank everybody and for me as well everyone's been very kind and very responsive to our fundraiser and if you can spare a few dollars it would be appreciated if you can spread the word that would be great too and if not just thanks for listening we will be back in less than two weeks with something new to us if not new and until later 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 and as sure as I am that he fucks bats, okay. I...